Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Kristen Weatherall with encouragement on how to grow our hunger for God's Word. Just keep coming and just keep praying and pleading with God to revive the heart. And um, it may not happen immediately, but in my personal experience, the Lord is very kind. And um, He always does, even if it's in unexpected ways. Kristen Weatherall, next. In her new book, Help for the Hungry Soul, blogger and author Kristen Weatherell offers believers much encouragement to increase an appetite for God's Word. So if you're feeling discouraged or guilty about a waning desire for Scripture, Kristen's words today will hopefully spark excitement into your spiritual life. By the way, Kristen and her family attend the Orchard Evangelical Free Church in Illinois, which is pastored by Pilgrim Radio speaker Colin Smith. Kristen, tell us who you had in mind for this book. Yeah, for for me. <laughs> it's for me. <laughs> because my my affections for Scripture ebb and flow they change all the time my my desires can't be relied upon and um and yet i i do love the word you know i love communing with god in his word but i'm fickle you know and so um the question was lord how can i grow in a deeper desire for your word so that it really is my life and I'm, I'm also seeing similar patterns in my small group at church. And I have the privilege of, you know, speaking in other churches and talking to the women there and hearing from them a um, an overarching sense of guilt that I'm just not doing what I'm supposed to be doing when it comes to reading my Bible and discouragement, even for the women who are in their Bibles, just feeling like, what's it all for? Why am I not feeling like reading my Bible? Is anything happening? So it's personal. But I would say it's also a pattern that I've seen in churches. And, and obviously, there, this is a subject that many uh, books have been written about, Christian books, through the years. How is yours, if, if it's possible to uh, separate it, how is it different from other books about Bible reading, Bible study? Yes. A lot of great books out there on how to study your Bible. You know, how do I um, inductively study my Bible? How do I study it based on genre? How do I look at the whole Bible story? And these are all wonderful. I've read a lot of them and they've built me up in the faith. But this is more of a why book. Mm. Why should I love God's word? Why should I even come to God's word? I really wanted to get at the motivation behind the studying and reading of the Bible. Um, kind of getting down to the nitty gritty and, and the desire behind it because, man, we humans are, we're compelled by our desires. They drive what we do. And so before we can even answer, you know, how do I do this? We need to answer why, why am I coming to the word? Well, how would you answer that? Why, why are we coming to the word? Why should we why should we read scripture? I know some have suggested that, well, having a, a regular time, a daily time, is, is, is some see it as kind of legalistic. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Or, or is it hypocritical, right? If I'm not feeling like being in it, is it a hypocritical thing for me to be in it? Mm -hmm. No, why? I mean, why come to the word? Because it's the way that we walk with God. I think it's so easy for me even to think of coming to the word as a to-do to check off my my good Christian list, right? Or perhaps it's um, 
something that I do to know some things. It's an intellectual pursuit. Or maybe it's uh, a way to solve my problems. You know, we live in a suffering, difficult world. Mm -hmm. And many of us are walking through hard things. And so I come to solve my problems. Well, if we're doing any of these things on their own, we're missing the point. Because the point of the whole Bible is the author of it. It's the one who speaks it. It's it's God. It's knowing Him. And so why do we come? It's to walk with God. And particularly to see the person of His Son, Jesus, in all of Scripture. Because He's there the whole entire way. Um, and if we're asking God to give us eyes to see Him and to give us a heart that really desires him and not just the things that he might give us i think that changes the way that we approach the bible well christian obviously uh, this is talking about approaching the bible approaching god's word the importance of that and developing a hunger for it and satisfying that hunger and as you you said uh, you you speak to women's groups and as of course men and women both share that tendency maybe to feel defeated or guilty about their engagement or lack thereof with Scripture. Do, do you have any idea? I mean, th this might make, make us feel better. <laughs> what are the Bible reading habits of, of uh, Christians, typically? Yeah, you know, I, I I feel this all the time. Did I do it right? Did I, mm -hmm. did I spend, you know, enough time? The heart of it is, is God pleased with me, right? Yeah. And yet, that too misses... The objective because the Lord wants my heart and he's done the work already when Jesus uh, completed his work on the cross bearing the penalty for our sin and anything and everything that would separate us from God he said it's finished so the work is done now he's brought me back together again with God reconciling me to God and now God gives me his word and says enjoy this enjoy this what Jesus has already done for you. It's not, it's not earn my favor, it's enjoy the grace that's been given through Christ. And coming to our Bibles with that perspective, I think will change the way that we think about it. On a similar note, Bill, um, you know, we have all these ideas about what spending time in the Bible, quote unquote, should be. Mm -hmm. But I would argue, and I argue this in the book that these are more of a Christian cultural construct, this idea of quiet time. And I think a lot of us feel guilty and discouraged because we think we're not living up to the ideal. When in fact, God in his word is not prescribing how we come to his word. He just wants us to come. So how we do it could look a million different ways. But I think a lot of us feel guilty for that reason. We feel like we're not fulfilling some kind of an ideal that we have in our heads that we have to do it this way or we're absolutely we're doing it wrong yeah well you know what it is it's yeah it has to be quiet right quiet time it has to be perfectly quiet which for any parent of young children knows <laughs> is not likely to happen sounds like that's um, you even yeah i need an hour or two i need a nice stack of like study resources commentaries to reference um, I need a long lingering time in prayer, responding a really clear takeaway so that I feel great about the objective for the day. You know, maybe some soft music in the background. <laughs> and when these things don't happen, we feel like we failed. And that's just not true. God in his word 
commands us to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to abide in him and to hold fast to the word of life. He wants us, he wants us to be with him. But there's no command in the Bible like you must arise at 3 a.m. and <laughs> you know spend time in the Word for two hours. There's nothing like that. And so I think that frees us up a lot from this ideal. Well, your book uh, is Help for the Hungry Soul, Eight Encouragements to Grow Your Appetite for God's Word. My guest is Kristen Weatherell. Uh, I believe you make the point that God uses our it might have been in the introduction by, uh, was it Jenny Ortland that wrote the introduction? Yes. It might yes. have been her that said this. But when it comes to our hunger for God's word, that uh, God you can use our own physical hunger, understanding how that works to teach us about our supernatural hunger for him. There's, a, there's an illustration there. Well, think about it. I mean, I talk to my kids about this all the time, as well as having to pep talk myself. But when I eat junk food, when they eat junk food, what do they end up wanting more of? Junk yeah. food, right? So we hunger for what we feed on. It's similar with exercise, right? If I'm out of the habit of exercising, it's very, very hard to get back in the habit. Mm -hmm. And boy, it's sometimes painful to get back in the habit, to hop on your bike or take that, to take that walk. But soon you start to see the benefit and you start to see that your hunger is being, uh, is following your decision, right? And there's a major connection in the word itself between spending time in God's word and hungering for God's word. So the more I spend time with the Lord in his word, the more I want to. And then the more I want to, the more I, I spend time in his word. And it's just this, I like to call it the gracious, vicious cycle. It just keeps going. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, those are absolutely pertinent illustrations. Well, I love how your book is laid out. You, you illustrate these encouragements. Actually, the subtitle, Help for the Hungry Soul, is eight encouragements to grow your appetite for God's Word. And you, you have a narrative, of course, in each chapter, but then you also give a uh, illustration, a testimony, if you will, from the life of a, of a person, how this, how this actually plays out in, a, in the life of an actual believer. That's right. Yes, I was thinking about our church and how diverse it is. And it occurred to me that it would be a really beautiful thing to have other people share their testimonies about how God has used his word in their hearts. And what was really neat, Bill, was um, I, I didn't know what they were going to say. I didn't tell them what to say. I just gave them a basic prompt. And when these testimonies came in, each one of them very much aligned with the content of the chapter before it. Mm. And so the Lord was very kind, I think, to to do some matching up there. But they encouraged my heart is to know that God is at work in each of his people. He's faithful. When it comes to our hunger for God's word, uh, Kristen, you say it's important to do a heart check. And it reminds me of a, of a verse where the Apostle Paul says to, to kind of test yourself to see if you're in the faith. I don't know that you're exactly asking that, but what do you mean by a heart check? You say before we pursue mm -hmm. this, this growth and change? What I mean is that we can't uh, figure out how to get to where we're going unless we know where we currently are. Um, I share a story in the book that in high school, I was able to go on a trip to Europe, which is pretty amazing for a high schooler. Yeah. And our professors were either, um, you know, really fun or really 
really foolish, dropping groups of high schoolers into these <laughs> cities in Europe. But he would drop us and he would say, now here's a map, because we would, you know, we were using paper maps back then. Mm -hmm. And he would say, you know, find your way to the next place and then meet us there at this time. We, yeah, we could not figure out where we were going <laughs> unless we knew where we currently were. So we had to <laughs> kind of figure out our current location first. And that's so helpful um, in the Christian life as well. There's another prayer in Psalm 139 that says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test my anxious thoughts and point out any grievous way within me and then lead me to the way everlasting. So show me what I'm struggling with. Why is it so hard for me to get in my Bible? Why don't I want to? What are the obstacles preventing me from that? It's a great place to start. And in terms of that, uh, you do lay out some major, I think the word you use is hindrances to Bible reading. Uh, I think they all start with a D, if I recall. What, right. are, what, are, what, what are some of those hindrances that, you know, obviously we're, we're all familiar with these? Yes. Um, well, the first one we've already touched on, and it's desire. So by nature, because of sin, twisting my own heart and distorting my desires, they're not what they should be. You know, the Lord created me with a desire to hunger for him, to be satisfied in him alone, to love his words and to fear his words and to obey them because it's best for me. But sin has completely distorted all of that. And so now, it I would much rather you know, pull up social media for the umpteenth time, then receive the words of life in the word. What is with that? So the first one is desire, recognizing that our desires are not what they ought to be. Um, I'll just share two more. Sure. Another one that's very relevant um, is distraction. We are an incredibly distracted people, especially in this age of technology. Um, the internet has literally rewired our brains has uh, shrunk in our capacity for focus. And anyone who wants to read their Bible needs to be able to focus, right? Um, it's made us hungry for instant gratification, which we don't always have because the work of God is sometimes a slow and, and um, unseen work. Um, so there's distraction. Uh, could be good things too, work, family, mm -hmm. church, but these things keep us from the word. The other D is discouragement. I, you know, I went through a very hard time about 10 years ago dealing with chronic pain. And um, there was a temptation there to uh, distance myself from the Lord and from his word rather than cling. <laughs> yeah. And so for those of us who are discouraged, whether it's from suffering and pain or grief and loss, you know, we know that it's hard to get out of bed in the morning uh, let alone open our Bibles. Um, so those are three, but I'm sure we could come up with many more. I'm sure. Well, thank you for that. And you, you make one point in, in this. We have many, many points that are really uh, excellent to, to contemplate. But one is that loving God's Word, hungering for it, is supernatural. It's, it's actually, I mean, if, if people are thinking, well, you're going to give a step-by-step a, a, a -step way to start to hunger for God's Word, you're, you're, you're pointing out that actually God has, it's a gift from God, and God has to give us that, that hunger, that, that love for His Word. What, what does that look like? How do we embrace that? Well, if, if our heart is the problem, and if our desires are distorted and not what they ought to be, then how can I possibly change that if I'm the problem? <laughs> right. I can't do anything to save myself and to help myself. So loving the word then, being 
renewed and restored to God's original vision for us has to come from Him. And thank the Lord, as we mentioned before, He He's already broken through. He's already come to us in the person of Jesus so that we can come to Him. And because we have this very great hope, we have the Spirit, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us for those who are united to Christ by faith, then that means we have the God of the impossible able to restore our desires and to revive them again. And so we can plead with him, <laughs> humbly plead with him, God, I can't, I don't, I don't want to do this. And I can't find a way to change that. And so I need you to help me. And there are beautiful prayers in the Bible, especially the Psalms that we could even use to to pray these prayers. Because um, sometimes I don't know what to what to say. Yeah. Or I feel like I'm repeating myself. Um, so I often like to go to the Psalms mm-hmm. and just use those as a springboard for prayer. Is there something in Scripture too, uh, Kristen? People might be wondering at this point that that talks about this idea of of hungering for God's word, of of uh, how it satisfies us. It seems like mm-hmm. once again the Psalms probably have some yeah. examples. Yes, I mean the go-to would be Psalm one nineteen. It's it's an A to Z of the amazing nature of God's word but what's what's so great about it is how real it is it's not um, again it's not an ideal it's realistic so the psalmist is wrestling in his own heart and he's wrestling with suffering and enemies and evil and so it's very relevant for us and he gives us voice to plead with God for that hunger to worship God for his word to um, ask God to use his word to make us strong in the faith and to stand against the evil in this world. But I love the last verse. He finishes this elaborate, it's 176 verses. He finishes this elaborate psalm with, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. That's the end. (laughs) You know, you would think it would end on, I've got this, I figured it out. But it's no, I need you, Lord. <laughs> Every hour I need you. So call me back to your word. I think I just I'm so refreshed by that. Mm. In your book, you tell a story, I, really your own story, of being. I think a lot of people would relate to this of being bored. These are people that are reading the Bible, actually, that are stuck in your Bible reading plan, whatever it might be. And there's a lot of them out there. What changed for you? And what what can we do if, if we have that sense of bored or maybe wondering why am I doing this? It's like nothing's happening. Right. Yeah, you're bored with your Bible. You kind of feel like you're stuck in a rut Mm -hmm. or you just feel like nothing's really happening. I'm an incredibly uh, type A personality, which serves me well in a lot of ways, but in some ways can can not serve me well. And um, in the area of flexibility, God is growing me. But I I was in a season where I just felt stuck and I was reading uh, using a Bible plan and um, at the time was in a class that Pastor Colin Smith was actually teaching at our church. And he was talking about this, walking with God. And he said, if this is the most important pursuit of your life and eternity, then if you are bored with your Bible reading, you need to change things up. And I felt like that was the permission that I needed to do something different. And it was so incredibly freeing. So um, I think it's helpful to talk to other people and say, what do you do? You know, how do you get in the word? How do you commune with God every day, because everybody does it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have to do it alone. You know, grab your 
grab your friend in the faith and and read it alongside them. Grab an unbeliever. It's really interesting what happens mm. when you're in a position of experiencing the truths for the first time through the eyes of someone who doesn't understand. It's kind of like teaching children. I've heard it said that kids are the hardest ones to teach because you have to go back to the basics. Um, and teaching, I, I found too, can kind of light the fire as well. So there are so many ways to do this. But yes, if you're bored, if you're, if you're feeling stuck, change things up. Slow down. If you've, if you've been going through chapters at a time, maybe slow down and meditate on a verse or two and see what God does. Or if that's your pattern, maybe speed up. Maybe read, grab a shorter book of the Bible and read through the whole thing. Um, so just do something different. You have total permission to do that. I, I liked a, a story that you, you told in your book. As I recall, it was a, a, I would assume it was a young man who was a seminary student, and he began to notice that his interest in Scripture was was not there, or it, it had become dull or uninteresting, and he became alarmed by that. And yet, he decided, I'm just going to keep reading. I'm just going to keep going. That was a good impulse, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, Josh is one of our closest friends. He's also a pastor at the Orchard. And I was so thankful for his testimony because he did grow up in a family of faith and, um, you know, has been in Bible college and seminary and in the word all the time. And so for those of us who are, it can feel hard when you feel like you're stuck in a rut. But I so appreciated the insight um, to just keep coming, just keep coming and just keep praying and pleading with God to revive the heart. And um, it may not happen immediately, but in my personal experience, the Lord is very kind. And um, he always does, even if it's in unexpected ways. And just kind of circling back, I, you, you mentioned this right at the very beginning, but you, you say in your book how important it is to remember the main point of Bible reading. If, if people are wondering, well, I, I do this, or like, as you say, it's not checking off a box, mm -hmm. but w what is that main point? What, how can, and how can that help us stay focused? Well, what is our what is our human purpose? It's you know, Pastor John Piper would say, um, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. It's to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, and that's the purpose of our Bible reading. Because the God of the universe is speaking through something as daily and and uh, normal as a book, which is quite amazing when mm -hmm. you think about it. And he's doing it. He's meeting with you there. He's waiting for you there because he wants you to know him and he wants you to enjoy him. And that's the purpose of our lives. And so if we don't let God tell us who he is and who we are, how can we know him? And scripture is the primary way that we do this. It's just such a beautiful grace from his hands. And I think you say something about uh, as we do that, in one sense, to keep in mind that we're encountering Jesus everywhere. Yeah in all of scripture and I, I would say i really hadn't heard that uh clearly until i came to our church the orchard about 11 years ago and it was like everything became technicolor for me everything that i had been reading for many years in the old testament suddenly i was seeing glimpses of jesus in it <laughs> because all of all of the We'll go back to Pastor Colin Smith. He would say, the whole Bible is one story, and all the way through, it points to Jesus Christ. So it's neat. If you've never read your Bible through that lens, looking for Jesus and how he is foreshadowed and predicted in the Old Testament, and then um, you know, wonderfully fulfilled and on the scene in the New Testament, 
And then you have all these coming prophecies of his second coming. If you've never done that before, try reading your Bible through that lens and it will change everything for you. Well, Kirsten Weatherall, my guest today on His People, her book is Help for the Hungry Soul, Eight Encouragements to Grow Your Appetite for God's Word. And uh, Kirsten, uh, when you, you write that when we engage with God's Word, more is happening than you can see. Well, we don't always see it, right? We mentioned our uh, struggle with wanting things to be instantly gratifying, <laughs> especially in the age of the internet. But that's not the way that faith works. Um, faith is not sight, right? We walk by faith, not by sight. We can't see Jesus. And yet, God has given us something that we can see with our own two eyes, his words. And yet, how many of us can think, but are these words really doing anything? I feel like I haven't changed. I feel like, you know, my prayers aren't being answered. You know, the work of God is a slow and unseen work. And that takes faith to believe. (laughs) And yet, um, we have the promises of God to cling to, these words that we can see with our own two eyes, the promises of God to cling to that his word will will never fail. I have in front of me right here Isaiah 55, and God promises, um, just like the rain and the snow come down and water the earth and are purposeful, right? They they grow the plants and the seed and um, bread for the eater. God says, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose. You know, trees in the winter time look dead, (laughs) but there's life in the roots. And I wonder if sometimes we feel like we're kind of like dead trees, you know, is there anything happening? Is there any fruit? Is anything, is God doing anything? But if we have life in Christ, there's life in the roots, even if we can't see it. And um, it may not look the way that we expect, but God will bear fruit in time. And that's a promise. How do you recommend people begin? Uh, you've probably already said it in this conversation. You say to set realistic goals, not some big hairy goal or something like that. Yeah. But where would you direct us? Sure. Well, you know, the best way to start is to simply start. So um, don't wait for the perfect ideal uh, context or opportunity because most likely. It won't happen. We don't live in the world of ideals. Mm-hmm. Um, grab whatever time you have, and that can be five minutes while you're waiting in the car line at your kid's school. That can be listening to the audio Bible on your commute to work. Um, that could mean setting your alarm five minutes earlier just to be able to open your Bible. But I would say just start somewhere and start small. Um, every deposit adds up. Before you know it, you know you you have a glorious deposit of scripture. Um, so that that would be my first thing. My 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 second tip per se is habits are sticky. So if it's possible for you to create um, a space or a time that can stay the same every day, that is helpful because we we do you know we are people who benefit from habitual actions. We eat every day, usually at the same time and place, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and in that sense, we don't forget to eat. Most of us, sometimes we do, I guess. But um, creating a habit, I think, will help us also, you know, kind of reinforce what we're hoping to do and walking with God. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Kristen Weatherall, author of Help for the Hungry Soul. 
Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Dean and Sarah on reaching those he calls cultural Christians with the gospel. And uh, I went to a fellowship of Christian athletes retreat when I was 13 years old, and I heard the gospel for the first time. And if you'd asked me before that if I was a Christian, I would have said absolutely. And, you, and, and I, I thought it was weird you asked me the question. And if you ask me what makes me that, I'd almost be put off that you, I, like, you're trying to put me on the spot or something. I go, of course I'm a Christian. I mean, I'm, I mean, I go to church and I, we pray before dinner and I believe in God and I own a Bible. And, you know, the, but I, I never would have told you anything. Notice my answer right there was not about Jesus. That's tomorrow at the same time, right here on His People. Thanks for listening.